previously on Quest Friends Forever. There was somebody in my dream who recognized me and I don't know who it is. Welcome to Discotech. You see a human man sitting behind a desk. Nice to meet you. My name is Domino Jack-O-Lantern. Most people call me by my initials, which is also my stage name. DJ, the people in Remedy disappeared. Val was pretty invaluable during our trying to save the town. So you were pretty handy in a fight then. I guess you've got some of that old programming inside of you still, huh? If Val decided that Val didn't want to do this anymore, then that would be okay. Oh, sure, I'm not. I'm not a, a prison warden or anything like that. You are past going the other direction by four people in black coveralls. Standing on the bar is the fourth member of this crew, who is a female half-elf. Just give us the money and we'll be on our way! This is a robbery. One of the ones on the floor, they start to change into a jackalware. I'm gonna turn into a lion. Like, that's my (laughs) whole thing? The leader of this group, the lady on the bar, she also begins to change. But now there is a fly that has budged about 30 feet away and seems to be buzzing out of the exit. Are we good? Are we done? Got any rope? You're up at Domino Jack-O-Lantern, or DJ's office. It's a few minutes after the foiled robbery, and the captured Jack-O-Ware, now back in human form, is sitting in DJ's chair, tied up from shoulders to knees in hemp rope. Jared, Stephanie, Val, and Ellie are standing right outside the office, with the door cracked so they can keep an eye on the perp discussing how to approach this situation. Hey Val, uh, has anything happened like this before? Like, is this- I'm afraid that information is not available at the moment. So is that a no? Do you have like a I'm afraid that information is not available. I'm afraid that information is not available at the moment. Um, is the, the baddie, the jackal boy, is he conscious or unconscious? He's conscious. He's tied up in the chair, kind of, Kind of wiggling, not like super trying to escape, but just kind of like pissed off. Hey, Ellie, can you go and talk to Huge and Domino and see if this is a recurring thing? If they made anybody mad or anything? Would that? Can you can you go talk to them? We're gonna. Me and Jared will handle this. Sure thing. Oh no, I said the thing as. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I've spending too much time. Okay, yeah, I'll 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 go check it out. I'll, I'll be right back. And she turns around and heads downstairs. Cool. Um, at this point, is the door to the office where this perp is closed? It's cracked. So, because you're trying to like have like a, a private conversation, but okay. you also want to make sure you keep an eye on him, make sure he doesn't fly out the window or something. Do we do we know their name at all or no? No, you have okay. not spoken to him yet. You you tied him up on the dance floor, carried him upstairs, threw him in the chair, and then tried to figure out what you're going to do. Understood. Okay. Um, without consulting anybody, I kick open the door. Kind of jumps at the surprise. Ugh. I stand in the doorway staring at him. He stares right back at you. I slowly saunter to the left of the desk staring at him. He's keeping an eye on you the whole time because he's not sure what uh, you're sauntering for. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, I, in a very like aggressive but mysterious voice, say, You thought you'd get away with this? Does he start try to talk or no? Yeah, he kind of scoffs. <laughs> and then I cut him off and say, no, 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 no. I'll say that again. Did you think you were going to get away with this? Yeah, 
Just thought we could rip off a bunch of suckers, no problem, you know? What's it to you, anyway? It's it to me, because I know your boss. What's her name, then? He's quizzing you. You think I don't know her name? Yes. I pull out a gold piece and flash it at him very quickly. Okay. Okay. I have been casing this place for three months, and you come in here and destroy everything. What did you think was going to happen? We've been casing this place for two months. How come we never ran into you? Because I'm good at my job. Oh, sick burn. Mm. That's not in character. <laughs> Honestly, I do kind of hate that I'm like I'm pretending to be an undercover cop because ACAB, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm going to play this uh Well, technically... Fool. Pretending an undercover thief, if anything. Yeah, undercover thief. So, Jared, let's roll to see how well this is working. Roll a persuasion but do it with advantage because of your uh cool ability you have as a grifter i rolled a 17 and an 18 so i'll take the 18 hell yeah cool so this person this man buys it he believes that you are a thief who was casing the joint he says okay well that makes sense to me i guess but wait so you know our boss but you're not on our team yeah i'm on a separate team that was supposed to do this before you even started your job fella why would Barrymore send in two teams? Twice as effective. <laughs> what do you think? He's got, he's got you there. In case one fails, like we saw here today. Okay, but the reason we failed is because of the other team, though. You and the robot and the lion. Is that is that all your squad? I mean, keep it hush. They're outside the door. Well, yeah, but if they're on your team. They don't know that I'm not on their team. Oh, <laughs> he starts nodding. Okay. All right. I had to play along. Oh, can, can you get me out of here? I'm going to try my best, but I'm going to be real mean. I'm going to be real mean. To me? He doesn't point at himself. Yeah. Just to me? At that at that point, I yell, how could you? And I slap you across the face. <laughs> we oh. hear all of this, right? I Not the wit. Well, yeah. I'm trying to make <laughs> it seem like you. I'm trying to make it seem like you can't hear me, uh, but trying to convince this thief that. You guys are whispering. Yeah, I can't. I'm, I'm playing you guys, You're whispering to him, cool. but clearly loud enough for us to hear, but you're whispering, so you're convincing him. Yeah. So he he takes the slap. Oh, what the heck? Fuck. What do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> um, I check his pockets. I start, I start rummaging through his pockets. What do I find? So you find some pocket lint. You find 10 gold coins. I pocket it per add to your inventory if you're going to steal from this person. I am going to, yes, thank you. <laughs> you okay. already took his uh, weapons away. He had a sword and a dagger there on the floor nearby, out of his reach. And then you find uh, a note, a handwritten note that's folded up, and you unfold it, and it says, Tonight, Fantasy 8 o'clock. And then it's signed, B. Okay, at this point, Stephanie's going to go in and say, like, talk to Jared, playing into the whole thing. So, did you figure out why they're here? We were clearly supposed to be here. What the hell? So, I then take the note and I shove it in my pocket really quick. And I turn to you and I say, he doesn't seem to have anything in his pockets, so nothing useful. <laughs> and then I, like, wide-eye look at you and, like, gesture to, like, leave the room. Okay. I'm going to go talk to Huge. I'll be back. And I go outside of the room, but, like, I'm on the other side of the door frame. Yeah. 
So then I walk out also and I slam the door. I No, I walk out, I turn, I stand in the door frame, I scowl at the thief, and then I slam the door. Immediately following that, Val slams open the door because it's Val's turn now. <laughs> so I'm going to explain what's happening. So Val impersonates, it wouldn't make any sense for me to know this in the fantasy world, but impersonating what the bad cop in a good cop, bad cop situation would do. So kicks open the door and starts walking in sort of strong shoulder walking while the, <laughs> the mad dogging this guy, even though I don't have a face. How do you strong shoulder walk when you just kind of waddle everywhere? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's not a really more good exaggerated, so it's Yeah. It's more exaggerated. Walking, yeah. Just, okay. Ugh, and yeah. Ugh. And then so, and so if a person would say, uh, we got you now, buddy. And said, it's just hello. So then Val throws, throws the chair towards the back of the room. A, like a bad cop would do and starts walking in a zigzag pattern as if to intimidate this person in the chair the whole time just hello like big exaggerated steps and then gets really really close to him uh puts both hands down on the armrests over his arms and leans in hello <laughs> just intimidating as fuck well in val's mind let's see how intimidating it was roll a intimidation check that's a five plus four is a nine. Not very intimidating because you're just saying no. hello. Yeah. In your mind, in your uh, CPU processor yeah. mind, it probably looks great. Tell us where the girl is. Right. But yeah. see, this guy, the robot just came in and kind of waddled around the room and knocked over a table and then yeah. put its glass dome against. How can I help you today? His ball dome. Yeah. And the perp says, uh... What is this? What are we doing here? Val cuts him off, throws its arms up in the air, goes back, slams one of the arms down on the table. Very, very angrily, very exaggeratedly. Hello. 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 And then turns and but faces not angrily, him, waiting for a response. Hello. Yeah. The same way every time. Right. Could I, could I get the human guy back in here? That'd be cool. I'm afraid that information is not available at the moment. Uh, all right. Um... So could you just like I, take me to jail or this? Yeah, this, that'd be better than this, I think. I don't know what this is. Val flungs the stuff that's on top of the desk against the wall. Just throwing a tantrum here because the perp is not giving up the information that Val's clever detective skills and interrogation skills are clearly demanding. So while this is all happening, um, because I saw you slam the door, Jared, and then Val went in there and started their whole thing. I just, like, actually start drinking the water that Val gave me <laughs> at the beginning. And I just kind of, like, I, I, like, have my hand on my hip and I'm just, like, look at you, Jared. And I'm, like, did you? Is this you? Like, And then I pull out the note and I'm, like, oh, no, this is an act. I'm faking it. This is fake. Uh, we're not friends. I don't know this person. However, I did get a note. We should read it and see what it says. Can you tell us what the note says again? Tonight. Fantasy 8 o'clock, signed B. As you guys are talking from inside the office, you hear the desk now being thrown and smashed against the wall in the room. Just a big, loud, crashing sound. And then a... Ouch. So, um, at this point, Stephanie is going to um, walk over to the door, look at the perp, who is, I assume, completely confused about what's happening extremely confused okay good i'm gonna look at val and i'm gonna say get him and i'm gonna close the door <laughs> wait wait hang on no wait hang on let's drop the base 
<laughs> so that can all be happening in there. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a mess. Um, so as we're speculating and the music's going off in the room, I go to the pitcher of water. I grab another cup, walk to the door, kick open the door, walk straight to the desk. I splash the water in the thief's face. I then oh I then walk back out and slam the door. And I say, that should confuse him for a little bit. <laughs> what is happening? Um, Let's drop um, the bass. And so the music is perfect. Over and over and over again. Yeah. I'm getting early onset adult deafness. That's what it's called in this world. Stephanie looks at Jared says, cool. Can I see that note? Yeah, of course. Cool. And I give you the note. Thank you. So then I walk into the room. I open the door and I say, hey, Val, can I, can I try? Sure thing. Yes, cool. please. Okay. This is so weird. And then almost out of the room, Val hears you, the guy say that, immediately runs back, very close into his personal space, uh, dome to dome again, just a quick, hello, and then runs out of the room. <laughs> what the hell is that? I'm going to almost close the door. It's going to look closed, but they'll be able to hear or whatever, right? And then is there like a chair or a stool or something I can sit in? There was. Yeah, there's a bunch of uh, <laughs> trays and uh, drawers overturned now in this room. The room's a fucking mess. It was already messy. Like, remember, there was shit all over the floor because of this DJ guy's inventions and tinkering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there was kind of like a clear path from door to desk. But now there's just shit everywhere. So you can turn over a piece of, like, shelving or something and just kind of squat on it, I guess. Yeah, I'll I'll do that. And then I'll say, hi. I don't know what to do here. So if you can just, you know... Tell us why you did this, and um, what were your intentions? What do you think? Um, money. I don't. Oh, okay. So just money. So why were you trying to hurt people then? If you just wanted money, why don't you just ask for money? We didn't hurt anybody till you guys came in. Oh, okay. We're shooting our spells into the air. We just want it's Harvest Tide weekend. This place is packed. We knew it would be a huge. So haul. you're trying to blame us for your mistakes, and that's not okay. So, um. What I'm going to need you to do is to just be honest with me. Why do you need the money? Because money's good. What do you? What kind of question is that? I'm a, I'm a robber. I like money. And again, I can't stress enough that we did not hurt anybody till you guys walked in and attacked us. Have you thought about your life choices recently? Like, I mean, yeah, they're I pretty feel... sick. Okay. Okay, cool. <sighs> um, I'm going to cast Charm Person. <laughs> okay. You have to make a Wisdom Saving Throw. It's a nine. Cool. So I'm going to say, just a sec. And then I'm going to walk outside to where everybody is. And I'm going to say, hey, um, I did a thing. Don't be mean to him or this isn't going to work. So just stay here for now. Val, you did great earlier, but I Hello. need you I need you to stay here and not be intimidating right now. Sure thing. Cool. Thank you. And then I tell Jared, come on. Okay. Um, I walk in completely different. Uh, tone i go and stand next to them i'm like hey grant my name's bruce what hey bruce but it's um, with two o's instead of a u so it's different hey bruce i need you to let me know where the next hit is gonna be can you do that for me well we don't have anything else planned yet this was our big score we're gonna kind of take a break after this one who's we the the team the crew you you guys saw there was four of us and who's B? And I show him the note. Well, B is me. I'm Bruce. But oh. the B on the note is Barrymore. 
She's like our leader. And why wasn't Barrymore here? She was. She bailed. She got away. Oh, okay. So why do me you... and Barrymore and Carlt and the stab? She's my lady. Why didn't you guys just go for like a bank? Like, do you live here? Is this your town? Yeah, we met all in Waystar. Cool. Hasn't anybody ever told you you don't steal from where you live? They're gonna catch you eventually. Like that's that's just not good etiquette, right, Jared? Oh, you mean like that old expression, "Don't shit where you swim." Yeah, exactly. something, exactly. something like that. I think I've heard that. What we're gonna need you to do for us is you're gonna need to take us to your boss's house, and I do a, I do a big wink, wink, because I know where she lives. Obviously, to you at least. But I'm performing for this other group. I mean, I, I could. The warehouse is probably empty by now. They wouldn't stick around after a botched score, but I could show you around. Yeah. Do you know where they would go? Probably back to where they came from. Where like we're is all, that? We're all in Waystar now, but we're not from Waystar. Well, I am, oh, but the rest of them. Me, me and the stab are from Waystar, but the other two are not. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, if you could just like take us there, that would be like so cool. As this agreement is reached... The door opens again to the office, and it is DJ. He's about to say something, and he stops, noticing his office is completely trashed, <laughs> even more so than usual. What happened to my office? Don't worry, we'll help you. We'll fix it up. Um, our new friend Bruce here, with two O's, um, is Thanks going for getting to it right. <laughs> is going to show us where um, where the hideout for everybody is. I've explained that, like. They should have gone for a bank or somewhere that was insured. And I don't think they're going to be coming back to bother you. But if they're still in town, we're going to um, go meet them. And then I wink at Jared. Well, some people are here to also actually take care of that same problem. Oh. oh? The Ians just got here. Oh, the Ians. I turn to look at the guy. I'm like, Ians? When you say that to him, Bruce rolls his eyes and goes, Ugh, not the Ians. And at that moment, somebody else comes to the door. This person shoulder checks DJ to make room for their entrance. And you see it is a human man. He is wearing a wizard costume. And I mean a wizard costume like you might get from Party City, Fantasy Love. Party City. Um, they call it Party Village in this world. It is a Cannon. purple robe with yellow stars all over it. A purple pointy hat, also with yellow stars on it. He also has one of those pointy mustaches that don't connect in the middle. Mm -hmm. Naturally. And he says, don't worry, we're here. And oh. he stops as if to wait for somebody to acknowledge his presence. And you are. Oh, I thought you'd never ask. I'm Magic Ian. From the Ian's. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, do you oh know really? That I look at um, the jackal boy and I say, do you, do you? He sighs. Yeah, these guys. <sighs> yeah, you'll see. Val comes in, also shoulder checks DJ. Very excited, like, but not on purpose. Very excitedly. Oh, runs around. No, thank you. And runs, runs right, right around. And then in front of and faces this magic Ian and... Greetings. I am a variant Alpha Psionic Altonian Lexo Transceiver oh. Unit, model number XFCED001, but you can call me Val for short. It's great to meet you. 
Well, greetings. And then, I am Magic Ian. A how wizard. can I help you? How can I help you today? You must always call me Magic Ian. No, for short. Why are you here? We heard there was a robbery. How can I help you today? And then the hand goes up to shake Ian's hand. He lifts his wand, which is just like a wooden stick, and kind of just taps you on the hand. He goes, oh, okay. Ouch. (laughs) And from behind him, someone else enters the room and pushes DJ a little bit. DJ says, why am I even standing here? (laughs) Um, This is also a human man. He's wearing a similar costume to Magic Ian, but his is yellow instead of purple. And instead of stars, there are black lightning bolts. He also has an undercut hairstyle, which I had to Google. I Googled Macklemore haircut, which is in my Google history forever. Um, okay. Nice. He's got an undercut hairstyle with some slicked to the right orangish hair visible from under his hat. Greetings. I am a variant Alpha Psionic Altonian Lexo Transceiver Unit, model number XFCED001. But you can call me Val for short. It's great to so, meet you. I don't care about any of that. I'm Electric Ian. And he stands yeah. proudly with his hands on his hips, waiting for acknowledgement. Hello. Yeah, that's right. Hello. It's me, finally. I know you've been waiting for me. <laughs> Hello. I, I, turn, I turn to Bruce and I'm like, uh, like, just kind of like whispers so they don't hear it. But I'm just like, what is their deal? Oh, my God. Val takes one step to the side. So now he's in front of Electric Ian. And then the hand goes up to shake his hand. How can I help you today? Oh, no. I won't be doing that. Thank you. The hand slowly But you can shake lowers. my hand. Ouch. Not the other way around. <laughs> Bruce oh, sighs dear. and goes, No, thank you. Just wait. I'm going then... to uh, take this as a cue where I need to save Ellie from this torture. And I'm going to... Uh, Ellie just... is still downstairs. I know. Uh, telepathically, I'm going to say... Whatever you do, don't come up here. It's fine, but you just, you don't want to be a part of this. I ask the question, why are either of you here? You hear another voice say, maybe I can answer that for you. And into the room comes a bugbear. This bugbear is wearing a white t-shirt one size too big with what looks like a homemade design of a kobold giving the middle finger on it. He's also wearing jeans with holes in the knees, a plaid shirt tied around his waist, and a lute strapped to his back. And he comes in the room and puts his hands on his hips and goes, it's me, Music Ian. Why did you make this bugbear so hot? I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Val runs up and Greetings. says, Greetings, I am a variant Alpha Psionic. But then stops and sees that it's a bugbear. And says, oh dear, no thank you. And then takes a step back. Call subwoofer, little one. Hello. You hear Bruce go, ugh, from the chair. And from outside the room you hear, well, hang on, wait for me, I'm coming too. And no. into this room pushes a fourth so figure. How many, How big is this room? Are Not we all like very shoulder big. to shoulder this now? A, this is a small office that is, again, trashed and cluttered. So everyone's getting kind of close to each other now. And now into this room, uh, pushing DJ out of the way, who says, what the hell? Is a shorter human man wearing a plain uh, white button-up shirt tucked into seafoam green pants. At the bottom, there are gray socks and sandals. And they are, he's wearing a medallion of an abacus. And he says, 
Uh, I hope you made time for me, Mathematic Ian. And he stands proudly, waiting for acknowledgement. Greetings. I am a variance alpha psionic Altonian lexotransceiver unit, model number XFCED001. Greeting. Uh-oh. There seems to be some trouble with my memory engram matrix. And on the diagnostic protocol. Just a sec. And then Val's hand whack against the glass dome to sort of reset. Mathematic Ian kind of twiddles his fingers and goes, Ooh, delightful. I would love to take a look at your schematics. I, I put my hand on, on Val's shoulder and just kind of like, you know, gently pull them back a little bit so they're next to me. Oh, dear. No, thank you. And from the door, DJ says, You can keep your hands off my robot, please, Ian. Thank you. Um, How many more of you are there? Because it's getting very cramped in here, and I still don't understand what you're doing here. There's the robbery's done. I don't even know why you're here in the first place. But The we, robbery we... wouldn't have even happened if I had been here, you hear a voice say from outside. Okay, um, whatever Ian you are, you can stay out there. It's fine. I'll tell you who I am. I and don't need to know who you are. Pushing into this crowded room comes <laughs> a hobgoblin wearing a bearskin tunic, bearskin boots. He's got big muscles, uh, a fucking amazing haircut, like the best haircut you've seen in this country. I don't know why you're making all of these characters so hot. <laughs> He's like, got why are a, you doing this? A big, heavy wooden club tucked into his belt on one side. Oh my and god! A pair of scissors tucked into the other, and he goes, "It's me, Barbarian." A ba 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 barbarian. He waits for acknowledgement. Val goes to to do its thing, but then kind of pauses, looks to the left, looks to the right looks at all the people in this room and everybody's set, like everybody's like is Val going to do something and then Val casts dancing lights and so now it's a fucking party in here let's get this party started music Ian kind of starts bouncing Stephanie just like puts her hands on her head and is just like okay can we get the fuck out of this room I'm suffocating in here please just like let's go and I just kind of like start Shooing everybody outside. Did did someone say suffocating? No, <laughs> no. There, how many fucking people are there, Danny? Wedging into this room, past DJ and past the most recent Ians, comes an old dwarf wearing a light green shirt and quote dress jeans, under a long white lab coat and a stethoscope around his neck. It's me. Clinic, Ian. Oh, my God. Is somebody having breathing trouble? And he stands proudly. Is Clinic Ian old and cannot project his voice very far because he's old? And he's whispering and talking like this because no one would be able to hear that over the loud thumping of the music and the dancing rave lights. Well, the lights are still going. Are you still playing music? The entire time. Louder now because it's a fucking party. He's straight. Want me to push the button? I'll push the button again. Let's get this party started. This music's at too high of a level. You're going to hurt your eardrums. In this very now hot, <laughs> stuffy, crowded room, you hear Bruce say, that's it. That's all of them. And I just look at Bruce and I'm like, I'm so sorry that you ever, you even know these people. Wait, wait for me. Hang on. There's still one more of us to come. Nope. And I just kind of like, I take uh, Bruce and I have Bruce in one hand and I have Val in the other. And I just kind of 
try to like you know how like when you're at a show or like san diego comic-con or like something that just has a lot of people and you're trying to push your way through the crowd i'm doing that with the both of them behind me with like mom grip on them just like nope 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 we're out come on jared magic ian sees stephanie trying to leave with bruce and steps right in front of you and puts his hands up and goes i can't let you go anywhere with that perp um, I can't let you be in the same room as me. And he goes where I go. So excuse me. And I just like. He goes I'm where we go. Him. Hello. I yeah, don't even... he goes where we go. Look, and... I don't Hello. even know who the fuck you all are, but you need to get the fuck out of my way. Guys, make some room. I can't get in. I can't get in. Yeah, Guys, hang make, on. Some, <laughs> make some fucking room. And I just, I'm going to do a, like, I'm going to try to like barrel through them all. So if that's a strength check, I'm, I'm there. Magic Ian and Electric Ian both raise their hands, and you see some like magic energy kind of crackle from their fingertips. It's purple on Magic Ian, and obviously like electric on Electric Ian. Electric Ian says, "What are you with this guy? Are you one of them?" No, we are going to find their base. You, no, you're not invited. We are here. No, you're not invited. DJ here can can vouch for us, but you are not. You're you're not anything. Get out of my way. Can you guys make some room? I'm still, I still got to get in. The seventh voice says. If we all go into the other room, there will be more room. Mathematic Ian, you hear from apparently above the music. Uh, yes, I believe the number of us in here has exceeded the uh, fire martial limit. We should be moving into the hall now. Mathematically, it's just a smart move. Thank you. You're not as bad as the rest. Let's go. <laughs> and your electric Ian say, shut up, nerd. Uh, so... The most recent, so uh, Clinic, Clinic Ian, Barber Ian, and Mathematic Ian all kind of back up, and Clinic Ian goes, <laughs> Yes, it's probably, all, probably best for all of our health. We don't want to breathe in all that carbon monoxide. And as you all kind of back out of the room, you see the seventh one who was trying to get in. It is a lizard folk. He is wearing blue scrubs with smiling cartoon dinosaurs on them, and the other Ian's seem annoyed at his presence and roll their eyes. He goes, Yeah, guys, don't forget about me. Pediatric Ian. I'm here in case you come across any kids. I gotta help him, you know? Oh my god. Uh, Oh my goodness. Music Ian says, When was the last time we came across any kids, Ian? Well, you never never know. It's always good to be prepared. You all spill out into the hall where there's more room. Magic Ian steps to the center and says, you must not be from around here if you don't know who the Ians are. Obviously. We're like the law around here. We enforce things. We are a super team, if you will. <laughs> and Electric <laughs> goes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what exactly are you here to enforce then? Well, we heard there was a robbery and we came to find out. Well, two things. One, I'd like to see your credentials. If you are sanctioned to do this he by like the mayor or something. Okay, that's not going to work for me. Um, Also, clearly the robbery is done. We got it. We're also... And I kind of like pause and look around. Like this is like that Avengers moment. Like you look around and there's like the close-up on Stephanie, the close-up on Ellie, the close-up on Val. And then Jared is like probably trying to do a thief thing. And (laughs) But you know. (laughs) Anyways. And then I'm like, we're also kind of a super team. So... We got this one. Uh, 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 doubtful. Uh, uh. 
And Electrician goes, yeah, doubtful. I look at, uh, I show them the person that is tied up and I say, "Uh uh-huh. Oh, we greatly appreciate your amateur assistance, but we'll be taking it from here. Thanks. Oh, dear. No, thank you. You still haven't told us what you're doing. We're here to interrogate the perp, of course. He's talking. We know where his hideout is and everything. Thank you very much. What are you going to do with him? Where are you going to take him? We're going to interrogate him, Electric Ian says. For? We're going to find out where his gang went. Okay, I literally did all of this work already. Oh, yeah? Well, now we're going to do it, too. <laughs> Wait. And Magic Ian steps forward and goes, And again, we thank you so much for your contribution, but we'll be taking it from here. While he's talking, I'm just going to turn around to Bruce, and I'm going to be like, look, if you don't want these guys to like get your shit, that's, tell me where your, your hideout is, and I'm just going to, I'll just go check. He whispers to you, corner of 53rd and Wang. <laughs> don't, don't you mean 69th and Wang? No, that was the old base. <laughs> old stomping grounds, I see. Just let him take me. I've dealt with him before. It's fine. It's nothing's going to happen. It's fine. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's going to be annoying, but nothing's going to happen. It's, I'll, I'll be all right. Thanks for being nice, though, even though I tried to, you know, rob and kill you. I mean, just make better choices. That's all. Yeah, it's you okay. know, play the hand with Delton and all that. Yeah, but you could still make better choices, okay? And then I'm going <laughs> to, like, I'm just going to say, like, okay, fine, whatever, we're out. Electric Ian grabs Bruce by the shoulder and goes, no, we're out! <laughs> and they all march out of the office, or the hallway, down the stairs, and out of the room with Bruce in tow. What just happened? Oh, dear. No, thank you. DJ walks up and puts a hand on Val's shoulder and watches them leave and says, just let them do their thing. It's, f- it's fine. It, no one, we just kind of let them run around and some, sometimes they do good, but really they're just a bunch of fools. Val's shoulders go up and down as if Val was sort of sighing and you hear a very faint, hello. <laughs> DJ kneels down to Val's level. We haven't really got a chance to talk since the the ruckus downstairs but i was really proud of you down there you you held your own i was quite impressed actually don't worry you can trust me i'm friendly and approachable he laughs and says that you are that you are and it's making me wonder if you've outgrown this place val val kind of turns to stephanie and then turns to jared and then turns back to dj I'm afraid that information is not available at the moment. He smiles. How can I help you today? Hey, this seems, it seems like you guys have some things you need to talk about. So we're just, we're going to, you know, let you guys talk. We'll be around. We'll come back. But we're going to scoot. Sure thing. We'll be back. He raises a finger and goes, actually, and he points to Stephanie. I was hoping to speak with you as well. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Turns back to Val and he says, you have made a great dj apprentice but maybe there's more of that old programming in you than i realized and maybe i'm limiting you here and maybe maybe you can help people out in the world oh my goodness you can find out what happened to the folks of those town that disappeared oh my goodness how can i help you today my friend if you want to go with these new friends of yours and save those people you have my blessing val doesn't say anything uh you probably would see like a face 
an expression of like scared but proud but uh thankful but you don't because it's just a glass because there's no face yeah there's no face there so val's arm very slowly goes up and uh grabs dj by the shoulder or puts it on dj's shoulder and then uh says greetings i am a variant alpha psionic altonian lexo transceiver unit model number xfced zeros so then it cuts off there and then it says sure thing and then turns around looks at stephanie how can i help you today oh he pats val's glass dome and says come back anytime my friend and then he stands up and Sisephone does one of these, like, a head tilt, like, hey, come this way. Okay. And he goes back into his office, which, again, is just destroyed now. Just fucking trashed. <laughs> and he walks in, and he, remember, he remembers, and he goes, oh, right. We'll help. We'll help with that. Uh, I think Val was just very excited. Right. They get that way. And he digs through some of the rubble, and he pulls out a leather satchel, and he offers it out to you. Uh, what is What is this? I saw how you took control of that situation downstairs with the robbery, turning into a scary lion to apprehend the perp and protect your Mm -hmm. friends. I do that. You seem like the type that can take care of people. And I'd like to ask you to take care of Val while you're out on the road. I would love nothing more. Um, I, I, I don't know how to care for them, though. Um... I, I want to do a good job, and I have so many questions. Oh, my gosh. I have so many questions. Right. I, I bet you do. He kind of shakes the satchel again. Everything you need will be here in this bag. Uh, you take it, and it is heavy. Like, it's got some fucking heft to it. It's tools, you can tell. I have a 14 um, strength, so it's probably not as heavy okay, as Okay. Well, no, it's not but... like it doesn't, it doesn't fall out of your hand, but... <laughs> It's heavier than you would expect, like, you know, a small satchel to be. Yeah. It's not filled with, like, papers or something. It's yeah, like Danny, she's strong as fuck. Yeah, what fuck the hell? Me, I guess. Um, these are the tools I used to tinker with Val and keep them in good condition. I want you to have them now. Inside, you'll also find me notebook. It's got all kinds of notes and findings from my years with my friend Val. You can feel free to read over them. Maybe you can make some new discoveries that I have yet to make. Stephanie takes the bag and you can tell that she's a little bit emotional, like uh, a little bit teary eyed because now she's in charge of another thing. Um, But she just says, I'll do what I can, you know, and thank you for your help and hospitality. I'm so sorry about this office. Um, It's, We'll help you, like I said, um, but um, we'll we'll come back and visit after the Pantheon. We just, I think Val really wants to help, obviously, but I think they feel a little bit responsible or confused about what's happening. And I'm also, I don't know how these things work, but they seem a little bit fragile, like the whole like memory matrix thing and stuff. And so like, he nods. Um, if Val doesn't solve this. I mean, will it get worse? I don't know. Who's to say? But I have a feeling he'll be in good hands. So you all turn to leave. 
and head down the stairs back to the uh, ground level, the dance floor level. And Val stops when they reach the bottom to take one last look at the club. The chaos downstairs has ended and people are standing around mingling, waiting for the music and dancing to resume, though the crowd does seem to have thinned out a little bit. Just then DJ steps back out onto the balcony to uproarious applause from the remaining people and begins to play some music on his spellcasting focused turntable. The patrons start bobbing along in anticipation and he says into his fantasy microphone, this song is for my friend Val. Good luck out there. And fucking face drops. And the place just fucking goes into Hell it. Yeah. And it's a big yeah. one last dance off for Val. Uh, a few smaller and far less sophisticated robots, basically trash cans on wheels with trays on top of them designed to Aww. carry drinks. Think like R2-D2 from Return of the Jedi. Roll over to Val and kind of just rev back and forth in front of them excitedly to say like <laughs> it's their version of saying hello 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 but they can't talk yeah so they're just rrr, rrr, rrr. val looks at them and says let's get this party started and then just waves goodbye flailingly like cartoonishly just just bye bye just hand is just violently going back and forth and back and forth after this emotional discotheque goodbye you head back through the maintenance hallways and out the employee entrance where you first entered the club, where you see Ellie talking to huge McBig and Ellie's kind of like twirling her hair like, oh, oh, really? Interesting. And he's like, yeah, dude. So I was like, I was racing in these horses and like we were starting to like drift. You know what drifting is, right? And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, I know what drifting is. Yeah, we were drifting these horses and it was so, and they see you like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, and at least it's kind of straightens up. Oh, oh, hi. Hello. You're back. I just have the biggest, dumbest smile on my face. And I'm just like, girl. Like, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> she blushes. Oh, okay. Uh, Val, are we... Val runs up to Ellie and gives her the biggest hug. Oh, well, thanks. And she, hu- she hugs back. So you take off or you start walking toward your cart, which you had left parked safely. Don't worry. In a legal space. The horses are fine. Huge Big Big is going to walk you to the cart to make sure you get there safely. Oh, because he has a crush on me? <laughs> and this time he lifts up Val and puts Val in the back of the cart where Val rides and pats Val on the head and says, we're going to miss you around here, little dude. Hello. Yeah, yeah, to- I, I hear that. I hear that, brother. Yeah. What a crazy week it's been around here, man. This is- everything's happening. Everything's changing, man. It's wild. Like, Val's leaving. We had Hello. an attempted robbery. We had that weird disheveled halfling guy snooping around. Like, <gasps> it's been a crazy week, you know? I'm just, I'm, I'm looking forward to kicking back with some brewskis for the weekend. You know what I'm saying, guys? Right, hang ten, dudes. How can I help you today? Halfling? Huh? Halfling? Oh, a halfling? Yeah, it was just some, like, some suspicious-looking little halfling was in the club a couple days ago, like... He seemed more interested in, like, studying the speakers and, like, the robots and stuff. He wasn't really dancing. Like, the poor guy looked pretty dirty, like, kind of worn down. Like, he hadn't slept in days. Like, he had real big bags under his eyes and stuff. Uh, oh, my like, goodness. One of the servers tried to ask him for a drink, but he, like, shrieked, which was weird to hear a person shriek. Like, you always read that word shriek, and then you don't really know it until you hear somebody shriek. And <laughs> he ran away, and... I tried to, like, chase him out because, like, you know, I was, like, security and stuff, you know. And Ellie goes, yeah, um... 
<laughs> so yeah like i chased him out but like have you ever tried to like catch like an outdoor cat it's like impossible right like you guys know it's like impossible right you just like always dodge um animals are my thing they love oh, okay me. so well, I, I i can't relate to you but i understand right okay it's cool yeah different experiences i'm into it yeah but like for me i couldn't catch him <laughs> and like he like slipped between my legs and he ran away and he was wailing as he ran away. And again, wailing, like shrieking and wailing. It was wild. But he ran off toward the south. And I didn't see anything beyond that. But it was like a weird experience, you know? Oh, my gosh. That's so weird. Remember that dream I was telling you all about where that disheveled halfling popped out of a dragon's treasure chest and uh, yelled at me or something? Do you guys remember this? Oh, my goodness. What he yelled? Would you say like he like shrieked? Yeah, he like shrieked Whoa. right in my face. Whoa, this is like probably the same guy, maybe, we think. That'd be like wild. Dreams coming to life, what? I also imagine that Ellie is on the side like, oh my God, just so wild. (laughs) She's just like. You look over at Ellie and she's just standing against the cart, kind of smirking. This is the happiest you've seen Ellie look since uh, you arrived in Remedy. Oh. Thank you. Um, Cool. Should we go? Should we go? Let's go to... Oh, with this in mind, we should go to 53rd and Wang and see what's going on. Sure thing. 53rd sure and thing. Wang. All right, dudes. See you later. Shaka. Hello. Shaka. I don't have a goodbye. So I have a, I just, all I have is a hello. Hello. What's up, podcast world? It's me, your boy, Danny, the DM from Quest Friends Forever, telling you hello in the middle of this episode and telling you thank you for listening to Quest Friends Forever. It's pretty cool that you are here and we appreciate it very much. As a reminder, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube for social things, or you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, all those places for listening things, which again, obviously you're doing right now, but hey, maybe tell your friends or tell your enemies or tell your mutual acquaintances or even tell your parents. I mean, they probably like D&D, right? If they're cool and they're cool. I have a feeling they're cool. If you are enjoying the show so far, maybe you are feeling kind and want to head over to Apple, iTunes, that whole area and leave us a review and a rating. That'd be pretty cool. That would help our podcast out a lot. Maybe get heard by more people so more people can enjoy our silly, silly antics and you can bond with them about pop culture stuff you all enjoy and the world would be a better place for it. Don't forget we are part of the Nostalgia Network family of podcasts. That includes this current podcast you're listening to right now, which is Quest Friends Forever, obviously, duh as well as Nostalgia, a critical analysis podcast of movies and remakes starring Eric Lefebvre and Jessica Tercero, who play Jared and Stephanie on this podcast. Pretty cool. And then there's also the Lousy Advice podcast, also starring Eric slash Jared from this podcast, where he and his band Lousy Advice talk about music and songs. Also a lot of fun. There's going to be an advertisement for one of those podcasts at the end of this episode, which you should definitely listen to all the way through and check it out and listen to that as well. The website for the network is thenostalgianetwork.com. There's some articles over there too that are worth reading. Go ahead and check it out. And again, tell your parents, they'll like it. But enough about us, let's get back to the episode and have you enjoy this good, good content that we are serving up for you and only you. Don't tell everybody else. Bye. So you're all standing on the corner of 53rd and Wang. The moon is directly overhead, signaling high midnight. It's been about half an hour since you left Discotech. And your journey has taken you away from the artificial decor of Waystar's quote-unquote hip downtown area to the southern outskirts of this major metropolitan area. 
Down here, the houses and buildings still all seem pretty monotonous, but are in far worse shape than what you saw at the center of town. You passed rows and rows of what looked like warehouses and packing plants on your way here that had broken windows, half-collapsed roofs, or hastily painted names and messages on the outside walls. This warehouse at 53rd and Wang doesn't seem much different at first from the others that surround it, though with your passive perception you notice right away that this gray stone building doesn't seem to have any windows at all. The only way in looks to be the red metal door that stands right in front of you, though it doesn't have a handle or any obvious opening mechanisms. Take it away. What do you do? I'm going to investigate it. You get close to this door, Stephanie, and you look around uh, and you check it out closely and you see that etched into the top of this door frame are the words, the way in is behind you. And next to those words are some kind of magic glyph that with a 13, you recognize this magic glyph as belonging to the magic school of abjuration. Oh, shit. Cool. I, I tell you that all means. that. <laughs> Imagine like I tell you all of that verbatim but in my Stephanie voice. Cool. Gorge. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to just say fuck it, and I'm going to try something. In game, I'm like, give me a second. I want to try something. So I turn around, and I walk towards the door backwards. Ooh. it's pretty good. You face right through it and go right inside. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, what? hell yeah. Damn. Damn, you solved that quick. Damn. Uh, wow. Talk about it. Talk about it. I'm going to... Okay. I'm going to turn around, I'm going to look, and I'm going to be like, hey, Val, watch this. And I'm going to moonwalk in through the door. You go right in. I'm so fucking smart. Val turns around and then can't moonwalk in without a little bit of... A little bit of shuffle to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ellie's still with you. Gorge. She follows suit. Um, not moonwalking. She's kind of embarrassed about it. So she kind of, oh, okay, and uh, walks in. And wow, you solved that in 30 seconds. So maybe only play for like 20 minutes. I don't know. Wow. Uh, <laughs> the game is over. We win. So you backwards or moonwalk your way into this room. And then you turn around to face the room you have entered. And you look upon the robber's hideout. Uh, it's currently pretty dark in here as the sconces along the wall are not currently lit. I cast dancing lights. And I, and I, okay. So on the sconces on the wall, instead of fire, it's just glow sticks. Okay. So now it is illuminated in here. So y'all are perceptive as hell right now with your, your winning streak of figuring out the puzzle so fast. Um, <laughs> you see there is still a bit of a uh, tiny bit of smoke emanating from some of these sconces and you get kind of near them and put your hands near them and they still feel kind of warm. So uh, this indicates that they have been extinguished only within the last hour or so. Someone was here recently. I turn to the group and I say, someone was here recently. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Velma. You're welcome. Now we all know. <laughs> So this is one big open room about the size of a non-fantasy mechanics garage, or in this world, maybe like a horse doctor or a horse juicer. I don't know. See, um, I'm more familiar with the horse juicer. Yeah. <laughs> the room is uh, quite messy. Against the wall to the right, there are four long tables in front of a chalkboard, but there are trash and various items on the floor surrounding these tables, as if someone hurriedly swept everything off the tables for some reason. Whatever was written on the chalkboard has been mostly erased, though you can make out the first half of a word at the top, disco T, like it probably said discotheque, but it was erased, and about a quarter of a hand-drawn map at the bottom right that didn't get quite entirely erased. Val, you recognize just from this little portion of the map that this was a diagram of the inside of discotheque. I can't say that out loud, but I, otherwise I would tell the group, uh, 
I go up to it and I, with my middle hand, I point at it and I say, hello, hello, hello. Uh-huh. Against the left wall of this uh, mechanics garage horse juicer emporium, there is what looks like some kind of training area. There are humanoid dummies that have been roughly shaped out of straw and old clothes with wooden weapons pinned to their hands, serving as inanimate sparring partners. There are also four targets set up against the wall, with two of them marked by holes and punctures from sharp objects like arrows or daggers, and the other two marked up by concentrated burn marks and acid damage. There is also a dartboard with a hand-drawn photo of Magic Ian's face in the center and several darts (laughs) sticking into it. And then on the far wall opposite the entrance, there is a large blue tarp that has been hung up like a curtain, separating whatever is on the other side from this half of the hideout. I run over and I pull down the tarp. Uh, you pull down this tarp and it crashes down. It doesn't crash. It just tears down. Does it do so on top of Val? So Val is now stuck under the tarp? Uh, roll dexterity uh, save, uh, Val. That's for 12. Uh, yeah, you pulled it down pretty fast and it just falls right on top of you and now you're covered in a do tarp. Do we have a good, a good, like a... Like in a bad Star Wars movie where like BB-8 gets caught in a net or something. We have like a, a brief little moment of like comedic relief. Just like, oh God, I'm stuck. Ah! That's what happened. And all you hear is, oh dear. No, thank you. Oh dear. No, oh dear. No, oh dear. No, thank you. Uh, so Val doesn't see because Val is covered in the tarp. But the other two of you, the three of you, see that uh, this tarp is torn down to reveal four individual beds. All separated by tall wooden dividers to offer some sense of privacy from one another. Uh, this seems to be where the gang slept. The first bed is unmade and has a chest at the foot of it, which is currently sitting open. The second bed is also unmade with a suitcase halfway sticking out from underneath where you can see half of a sock hanging out and some other clothing. The third bed is perfectly made and does not look disturbed whatsoever. And the fourth has a pile of clothes dumped out right on top of it and a rusty looking short sword on the top of the pillow. Um, I inspect the chalkboard. Is there anything... That would indicate there's something behind the chalkboard. It just seems fastened to the wall. It's pretty. Okay. It's pretty good. Um, but as you walk up to investigate it, you kind of um, your feet kind of crunch over a bunch of shit. Like I said, this, these tables had a lot of things on them, and looks like somebody kind of just cut them off with their arm. So you kind of crunch on a lot of objects as you go. Um, but that's what that's what happens to you. What am I crunching on? Oh, you want to investigate the stuff on the ground? I, I want to investigate the ground, please. Okay, do that too. I got a ten. So. You don't really find a lot of interest, although there is one shiny, somewhat shiny object that catches your eye because it's in a familiar shape to you. It is in the same shape as your lockpick from your thieves' tools. And it seems to be kind of uh, glinting now in the new lights that have been illuminated in this hideout. I pick it up. Ooh. You instantly feel a bit of energy from this lockpick. Somebody with Matt who can sense magic... Come help me out. <laughs> How can I help you today? How can I help perceive you today? Perceive me. Someone perceive it. <laughs> I'll just say fine. I'm going to detect magic. Oh, detect it. Thank you. So I detect magic within 30 feet, um, even through walls and barriers, and can tell what school of magic they are. Okay. So the thing in Jared's hand lights up. This is a magic lockpick that, uh, obviously, because it's magic, it's probably better than the non-magic one you currently have. Mm. since you do this stephanie within 30 feet you also see a couple other things light up there is something in the training area that looks kind of like the handle of a sword and there is something that looks like kind of maybe a piece of jewelry in the open chest at the foot of one of the beds i'm gonna go for the sword 
So a shiny metal hilt is laying on a stack of straw behind one of the sparring dummies, but there is no weapon attached. As you pick it up, uh, what weapon do you think this belongs to? Okay, describe it again. Des- describe it in detail to me so I can really fully immerse myself in this. So it's a metal handle. Uh-huh. And it's got two of those little cool, like, not spikes, but like, you know, you know how weapons have. Curly boys. Yeah, curly okay. boys on the side with the weapon in the middle. So what is the first weapon that comes to your mind when you pick up this hilt? Probably a rapier? As you pick this up and think to yourself, this seems kind of like a handle handle of a rapier. The hilt glows a little bit, and from the hilt, magically, a rapier is produced. It extends out from this hilt, and you are now holding a rapier in your hand. Oh, my goodness. So is this one of those things where you can say whatever it is and it comes out? I'm going to like... (laughs) Did anybody see that? I I did. Okay. Uh, And then I'm... Close my eyes, and I think scimitar. The hilt glows a little bit, and the rapier morphs its shape into a scimitar. This oh. is so tight. And I just Obsessed. immediately, I put it in my bag. So uh, while Stephanie is playing with the um, the hilt of everything, is what it's called. Ooh, Love. Okay. Val, what are you doing? Are you still under the tarp, freaking out? So I'm still under the tarp, and like basically sprinting. With my hand, so like my my arms are extended outward and are not covered by the tarp, but the rest of my body is. So it's it's almost just like a panicking, like like a panicking child running until something happens, whether it's running into a wall or a big pile of stuff, or maybe perhaps there's a a large towering uh, collection of wooden crates that, if they were to be comedically smashed by a metal robot of some kind they would uncover some sort of secret jewels or something. I don't know. I'm just thinking in video game terms at this point now. There's like a perfect like house of cards and like a sand castle and you just like stomp all yeah. those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, um, yeah. And I just, maybe there's also like a plate of glass for no reason and a fruit stand, a couple of crates of watermelons. Yeah. Uh, so you start running in circles with your arms out. Uh, I assume shouting, Oh my goodness. 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 Yeah. Uh, so you're running in circles when people seem to be ignoring you while they find their new trinkets. And eventually you uh, lose lose your circle a little bit and you crash into the one bed that was fully made and not at all disturbed. And you tip forward onto it, but you as a metal construct are much heavier than the person who used to lay on it. And you just smash it. (laughs) I break the bed. You break the bed and you are now laying on the ground on a broken bed. And then I stand up. Ouch. (laughs) <laughs> and then I just very calmly walk over to Stephanie and tilt backwards as if to look up and grab her hand and say, How can I help you today? Are you okay, Val? Hello. I like it hurt. Hello. Okay. Uh oh. Cool. There seems to be some trouble with my memory and gram matrix. And on the wrong diagnostic protocol. Just a sec. And then I stand there stoically while I run my own self diagnostic. Hey, Val, do you want to see something cool? You can't. I can't hear you. I'm in, I'm in diagnostic mode. You have to wait for the power of sequence. I like tap on. And then the sound that, um, like, I'm stealing this from Wally. Then the sound that a Mac makes when you first turn on, uh, like, a MacBook. You can't do that. You said that last time, and we can't do that. No. And then I tilt backwards (laughs) as if to look up, and I look at you, and I say, How can I help you today? Do you want to see something cool? Sure thing. So I I call it out, like, like what I'm going to do. Scimitar. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay, are you ready? Dagger! And then 
I go through a couple things with Val. Uh, it does not become a dagger. Oh, okay. <gasps> ah, fuck. Ooh. So there's limitations. Let's see what else is in here. Okay. Yeah. So there's one with the uh, the briefcase with the sock, which... Yeah. And then there was one with like a bunch of clothes just overturned on the bed and a, and a rusty short sword on the pillow. I'm going to look at the one with the sock. So uh, you open this suitcase and it's a bunch of uh, assorted clothes. Some of them are kind of dirty. And there is a drawing of um, there's a drawing of a human and a half elf, like kind of like a, a sketch. And you flip it over and it says uh, Carlt and Barrymore. Letting you know that these are two of the people in the gang. They're dating. They're in love. You do remember that Bruce told you that Bruce and the stab, who was the uh, archer lady, they were also together. So it was like a couple's couples. gang. That's so cute. Okay, obsessed. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna put the paper in my pocket. After being wowed and amazed by this magical weapon that Stephanie was showing me, uh, I then turned around and went over to the bed with a pile of clothes, and kind of turned a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, and then realized that I should be looking for something. So Val does what Val does the best, and just one by one each article of clothing just flying across the entire room, just <laughs> bam, 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 bam. And no regard to where they're going. So basically I'm just taking this one singular pile of clothes and littering the entire room with clothes until I eventually get to something that I discover. So you throw a tunic, you throw a long pair of socks, a pair of long johns. There's like a, a bonnet in there that you throw, but it goes straight up in the air and lands back down in your head. So now you're wearing a purple bonnet. Val, cute. your glass dome. Um, Very cute. I'm putting that in my inventory, by the way. Um, and there is, at the bottom of the pile, there is a um, a letter that has been like ripped in half, but the bottom half of it is still there. And you see that it is signed, uh, Love Bruce. A love letter from uh, Bruce to his girlfriend, The Stab. Okay, cool. So I'm going to go to the chest now. Okay. This chest is mostly empty. It looks like it got cleared out like uh, whoever's chest this was probably took what was valuable in it before they seemed to bail. But there is at the bottom some some piles of clothes again, and you see the uh, whatever the glowing object is underneath some of the clothes. Okay, I'm going to rifle through a little bit and check it out. So you rifle through these clothes, you get down near the bottom, and you pull a tattered robe off this pile. You look down at the item and freeze frame. We cut to... 10 years earlier. Stephanie, you are sitting at home in your druid community of Absalom. What are you doing right now? I'm probably like writing, probably like a dear diary sort of situation. Cool. What are you writing about? I'm probably just, I'm writing about how unhappy I am there and how everything just feels like too much and I just, I'm over it. I don't like it here because everybody, like, everybody here is an elf druid and everybody is, like, you know, just so into nature and so into, like, I don't know, there's, like, not a lot of variety. So on top of it being, you know, everybody treating me weird, it's also just super boring. So as you write your uh, pop punk lyrics about how you don't need this town or anyone in it in your diary, (laughs) there is a knock on your door. Who is it? Guess who? 
Okay, hold on. I closed my diary and I put it like under my mattress or whatever I'm using as a mattress. And then I go open the door. It is your friend Ellie at the door. She says, hi. Hey, how's it going? You notice that Ellie is dressed in somewhat nicer clothing than you would expect to see her on a regular day. And she has uh, braided her hair with some flowers uh, tied into it. She looks nicer than she normally would. Um, she has her hands behind her back and a big old grin on her face. And she's kind of like rocking back and forth. Uh, she's trying really hard to play it cool, but obviously something is on her mind. And she says, Oh no. Oh, oh no. She says, so what are you doing? Um, I'm actually, I'm feeling really sick. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go to bed. Um, oh, thank you for checking on me. You're so sweet. And I'm gonna like, just kind of like gently try to, close the door and she's gonna push back a little bit and go oh well hang hang on um yeah so uh uh i got sent here and um they want to see you at the council and they said you've blown them off the last two times they've asked so they're kind of insisting so the thing is that they just want to talk about stuff that i don't want to talk about and like i'm just I, i'm feeling sick you could just you could just tell them here i'll like i'll i'll write a letter yeah like, they, a, they told me i can't come back without you so maybe we'll just go uh, we'll just go real quick we'll just go oh, real oh, quick it'll be fun well, what if you just like stay here with me and then and you don't have to go either because like like truthfully like <laughs> i look i mean nobody can like going to those things she so, reaches out like, and she kind of grabs you by the wrist not too hard but she's like you need to get this over with. You just need to handle it. Just get knock it out. It'll be over. It'll stop. Be it'll. They can't hold it above your head like a rain cloud anymore. Just just knock it out. Just have this talk, and then we can go on with our lives. And you can do whatever it is that you're gonna do. Okay, wait, hold on. Come on, come on, wh- come on. Why why are you dressed so nice? What is happening? I and... mean, it it might be a big day. Who knows? Uh, I just wanted like, to you know make sure I'm I look nice. Reluctantly, let her kind of lead me away. Like I'm I'm struggling a little bit because i don't want to go but she's probably the one person that could get me to go out it's so almost like that's I'm... why they asked her uh so ellie pulls you by the wrist and pulls you out of your house and you start walking uh through this community of absalom it is very very nature-based there are just trees everywhere these huge massive trees there are even levels of this community that exist up in the top of the trees, like it's ground level and the canopy level. And there's like uh, pull little uh, platforms that kind of serve as elevators with the vines being the rope. Um, it's very serene. Nature very elevators. Calm. So cute. Yeah, nature elevators. Very calm, very serene, very peaceful. There's a, there's a calm babbling brook off to the side that is just great to listen to. Uh, this is a uh, beautiful community that you live in. So Ellie is pulling you down this path toward your destination and everyone you pass by turns and like looks at you and kind of stares as you go by um some people try to act like they aren't looking but they're not being very sly about it like they're trying to be like like over their uh druid newspapers or i guess um i kind of like put my hand in front of my face (laughs) and i'm just like god i hate this i hate this some people are uh whispering to their friends under cupped hands oh (laughs) and some of the younger kids outright just uh point at you with their eyes wide and they say it's her because everyone in this community and the surrounding communities and those far beyond know that you Stephanie are preordained to be the next protector 
the great warrior who leads and defends the druids until their dying days. I hate this. <laughs> Ellie pulls you through town, away from the gaze of the people, until you reach the trunk of a massive oak tree. And I mean, we're talking massive here. It looks like it can fit a whole auditorium inside this thing. And you know, this is where the council meets. Ellie stops at the entrance and turns to you with a big, beaming smile. And she says, I would wish you luck in there, but I know you don't need it. Wait, you're not going? I can't go in there. You took me, you came with me. Like, uh, you made me come here. You're coming in there with me. I'm not allowed in there. You look, know that. Look, okay, I'm just going to, look, I'm the chosen one or whatever. They're going to do whatever I'm going to say. If you're going to make me go in there, you're coming with me. I'm not going to do this alone. She looks afraid and she's like, um, I, okay, maybe I'll just stand in the very back because I don't think I'm supposed to go in there. And I'm just going to, like, look around. Are people still, like, looking at us and stuff? There's a small crowd, yes, yeah, so that sees you going. They see okay. you going toward the council, so they kind of gather that this is something important. Mm -hmm. So a small crowd is gathered, yes. Elliot, I really can't do this on my own. I look at how they look at me. Like I don't, I don't belong here. I don't. Just be there for me, please. Okay, okay. okay. I, I, I'll. I hope they don't say anything, but I'll, I'll go in with you. So you and Ellie step inside the council tree for the final time. You enter this uh, tree-based auditorium, I guess, and you see the council. It is 11 individuals. They are quite old. They are predominantly elves, although there are two half-elves in the group. They are sitting in a row about 20 feet above the ground level in quote-unquote chairs that are actually just kind of branches and vines from this massive tree that have been commanded to hold them for this meeting. So they're like basically floating 20 feet above you in these vine chairs. So menacing. So you recognize them as the elected leaders from the surrounding Druid communities, including your own. It's like one cluster of communities in this one forest. They're all dressed in what a different part of Constance might call a judge's robe, only these are fashioned out of leaves and decorative flora. They each wear a circlet made of golden wildflowers on their heads and have a necklace of a twisted petrified tree root with a small amethyst crystal stuck in the center around their necks. These are the official adornments that are given to council members when they take their positions. They wait for you to approach, and then an old elven man seated in the direct center of this row addresses you, his voice booming and echoing inside this mostly empty chamber. You recognize him as Edgeric, the official from your community of Absalom. And he calls you by your real name. Kathira Nerissus Jadsagi Digella, how nice of you to actually appear when summoned for a change. Uh, what do you want? You know why you're here. You have been neglecting your mandated trading duties. You have been foregoing your scheduled goodwill visits to the surrounding communities. You have been outright ignoring the summons and wishes of this council. We have allowed this to continue far too long. The time has come for you to put aside your personal wants and desires and accept that you are the next protector. Your fate was read in the stars decades ago. It cannot be changed. It is time to put the needs of others over your own and start adhering to the rules of Absalom custom. Look, I'm. that's great that the stars said all of that, but I think that they... <laughs> it it might have been a bit cloudy or something because, like, I'm not the person that you think that I am, and... Um, the stars have never been wrong. Uh, I mean, are you sure about that? I am 800 years old. The stars have never been wrong. <laughs> I mean, 
that shows, but... Oh, oh. And the whole council <laughs> kind of goes... Oh, <laughs> rude. I don't understand what my role is supposed to be. Like, look around. Everything is fine. Everything is peaceful. Everything is good as it can get here. What am I supposed to be protecting? Why? I don't understand. Nobody can tell me why this is happening and why I am this person. Why you think I'm this person. You think it is idyllic here by accident? We have worked hard as a council and as a community to make this a nice place, a safe place. But the day will come, and the days have come in the past, they will come again in the future, where we will need the protector. You must keep this world safe. You must keep this community safe. You must keep your people safe against any and all comers. Okay, but look, you guys are all doing that, and you're doing that together, and it's working, and you've done a really great job, and clearly everybody... We are lucky to live in a time of peace. It will not, it will not always be this way. Without the Protector, we will fall into mayhem and chaos. You know this. What did you do before me? We had the previous Protector, obviously. Okay, what did you do before them? There was a Protector before them. I know I'm 800 years old, but I'm not that old. Tell me again, how do you know it was me? Like, you guys have done such a great job. You guys should continue to invest in the community yourself and maybe not look to one person to bear the weight of all of everybody's happiness and protection. Like, I did not sign up for this. I don't need to be here. You don't need me. He he leans over and he whispers to the uh, old elf woman next to him. He kind of has to lean kind of far because the, the vines don't really reach. And you hear him kind of whisper. He turns back and he says, My child, you are still young. You do not yet understand what it takes to be a leader. That is why we are trying to train you. We are trying to get you ready to be a leader. It is ordained. We have rules. We have laws. We have customs. It is the only thing that keeps us from the beasts. You must put your wishes aside. You must put your hesitations aside. You must become the person you need to be. Your own thoughts and feelings are irrelevant. Cool. So you don't care. I care too much. You care about what? Obviously, not me. Obviously, like, the not protector the protector. must sacrifice everything. Sacrifice everything so everybody else could be fine? Sacrifice, like, I don't get a choice in anything? That is your destiny. Okay, cool. So you just decide whose life is going to be meaningless. And, it is the most like, meaningful life. But it means nothing because I have no choice. He thinks for a second and he goes, yes, you are right. You have no choice. You must do this for your people. I'm just going to turn and walk out at this point. As you start walking out, uh, his voice booms again and he says, Kathira, if you walk out of this tree, you will never be welcome again in Absalom. I mean... You don't care about me anyway. You just want me to be, what, a, your beloved protector? Well, if my people don't care about me and my well-being, what am I fighting for? What am I protecting? What am I... There's, there is no problem right now. Like, you're creating this war in your head and everybody is 100% capable to take care of themselves. So... You don't need me, and I don't need you to impose whatever the f hell this is on me. I walk out. 
you, as you turn to walk out, you see Ellie who was standing in the back of the room and her eyes are just like wide and her face looks like horrified. Like she cannot believe what just happened. But she steps away from the wall and starts to follow you. And the second you walk out of the tree, we smash cut back to the robber's hideout at 53rd and Wang. You are standing at the foot of this bed, looking through an open chest. You have just tossed aside a tattered robe from this pile of clothing. And you are looking down at a necklace of a twisted, petrified tree root with a small amethyst crystal stuck in the center and a tiny but noticeable spot of blood on it. Shit! And just as she's sort of coming back, she notices that Val's probably been trying to get her attention for a minute, and you hear, ED001, but you can call me Val for short. It's great to meet you. <laughs> Ellie walks over and goes, Well, did we find anything interesting over, over he, here? And she comes to a stop when she sees the necklace and she says, what? What? Stephanie is completely frozen and like holding this necklace in her hands for for a good couple of minutes, like doesn't do anything, doesn't move, doesn't say anything. Just like really what did it is the blood on it. And she doesn't know what to do right now. Ellie is standing there in shock also. And she looks down in the chest and she reaches down and pulls out a uh, piece of parchment that was under the necklace. And she holds it kind of down away from her to look at it. And you, Stephanie, can also see it from where you are kneeling in front of the chest. Um, This old dusty parchment has a beautiful drawing of a lake on it. But this is not just any lake. This is a lake with a small island right in the center of it that has every inch absolutely covered in flowers. You recognize this lake, Stephanie, and so does Ellie. This lake is in Rosewater, the neighboring community directly next to Absalom in the Petrichor Forest where you are from. The person who made this drawing has signed their name in the bottom right corner, in cursive. You see the word Barrymore. Whoa. Okay, so I read that, and just with, like, tears in my eyes, I'm just going to scream at the top of my lungs. Barrymore! Oh my goodness. Show yourself! Where are you? And just like start yelling for her, you coward! Nothing happens. Your voice echoes a little bit in this empty room. Val reaches up to grab Stephanie's hand and just sort of gently holds it. And then slowly Val tilts backwards as if to be looking up at Stephanie and turns towards Stephanie and just pauses and says how can i help you today (laughs) okay the the like this is so sweet and so touching and then just like the way that the voice sounds is just (laughs) yeah it's hard to have a tender moment with just the same voice all the time (laughs) it's so cute it's so cute um and i'm gonna look at val and mind you i'm still wearing a bonnet (laughs) um I'm going to say, you guys, I haven't been completely honest with you. My birth name isn't Stephanie. That's my name. I don't like the name that I was given. Um, And I guess I'm the chosen one from Absalom or the whole Druid community. And um, I don't want to go back. And they wanted me to protect them. And they didn't need protecting because there was nothing bad, no no bad things there, and nobody would 
tell me what to do and nobody would just let me be a person and nobody cared about what I wanted and nobody treated me like a person except for Ellie here. And Ellie so, puts her hand on your shoulder. And so we left. And this necklace is from one of the council members who was alive the last time that I was in my home, I guess. And I show them I show them the picture. Uh, can I assume that like that that's like a province, right? The the rose area or the flower area is yeah, like the so, other province. Uh the the overall for the big forest, the main area is called the Petrichor Forest. Mm -hmm. And then in the forest are the different communities that make it up. So you are from Absalom and this one is the one next to you called Rosewater. Okay. So this and I show them the the drawing. This is this is Rosewater. This is one of the areas where I'm from. And I'm assuming that this, and I showed them the necklace, is from the council member there. And Barrymore signed this fucking picture. So apparently she's been there and something has happened and I need to know what because when I left, everything was fine. And now I'm, I'm not doing so great. Val uh, lets go of your hand and extends both arms outward in a hugging uh, fashion and says, Don't worry. You can trust me. I'm friendly and approachable. And Val sl slowly leads inward as if to gesture for a hug. Ellie looks at Jared and kind of like motions like, Get over here. <laughs> she needs this right now. And I'm like, What? <laughs> We want. She's giving you the big so eyes. I, wa I, Come here. I, wa I walk over and do like the hug sign, like like I'm hugging the whole group, but I'm not really touching anybody. <laughs> I'm like hovering with my arms around the group. Ellie looks at you like, okay. And Ellie uh, also joins the hug. And then she pulls back and she goes, you know what? I wasn't going to bring it up, but you know we're going to pass the Petrichor Forest on our way to the Pantheon, right? I thought we would just kind of not talk about it, but... Um, I was just hoping we could go around it, but... Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, but I guess... I guess we're going to have to go. And then I jump in and say, so we're going to go kill him, or what? Oh, if I see Barrymore, shit is going to go down. So every fucking fly that I see from here on out, and I, I look at Ellie, and then... Uh, I say, okay, first thing we need to do when we get out of here is get a fly swatter. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit thenostalgianetwork.com for more. Don't you hate when you're watching one of your favorite movies and think, whoa, that didn't age well? Or when you see a reboot of your childhood fave and think, did we really need this? Honestly, same. same. That's why we started the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. That's Jessica Tercero. And that's Eric Lefebvre. Come join us for our bi-weekly conversations about pop culture reboots centered around things like... The patriarchy. Systemic racism. Harmful stereotypes and overgeneralizations. And really just distinguishing when people just need to sit this one out. 
Listen in on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. That's Nostalgia, spelled N-O-T-S-T-A-L-G-I-A. Get it? Not Nostalgia. Like Nostalgia, but with an extra T, so it's like not Nostalgia. <laughs> follow us for fun, critical conversations about media. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye! Bye!